It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hey, let's join that Upfront panel. And uh, today, Tuesday, it's uh, Roger Bouchard and Christopher Boulay. And uh, we always like uh, Chris to come in and uh, bring his uh, perspective to the program. And uh, it's uh, certainly a different perspective than uh, than myself because I come from another direction and he comes from another direction. And, of course, I, I think that's what makes a good talk show. Uh, for sure, it is not. A mutual admiration society. That's for sure. We uh, we have differences of uh, of opinion on a whole bunch of topics, and on the other hand, we agree on a whole bunch of topics. Well, anyway, welcome to our Tuesday program, and uh, we uh, we asked uh, Mr. Boulay to join us uh, tomorrow uh, because we'll be uh, chatting with uh, with the House Speaker Joe Shikaz. Uh, Sh- Shikachi. I'm glad that's one of the reasons I asked you to join me tomorrow. <laughs> but but again, I, I've also butchered the name too. All right. What I'm going to do, uh, I want people to notice this tomorrow. I'm going to op- open up the show with uh, Mr. Shikachi, and then I'm going to give the microphone over to Chris to introduce him. <laughs> if anybody's going to mess up the name, I'll let you do it. Anyway. Um, we'll have the House Speaker uh, on uh, with us, uh, and uh, we'll be uh, talking to him about uh, some of the bills that are uh, out there, and uh, and also uh, the atmosphere. You know, today's a big day. Uh, actually, it's a big week because the Senate leaders are unveiling the mar- legalizing marijuana plan this afternoon at four, and uh, Dan McKee is going to unveil his uh, marijuana plan. As it's uh, part of his state budget proposal later in the week. So there's a lot going on with marijuana. There's a lot going on with money and so forth. Ought to be an interesting little interview tomorrow morning. Good morning, Christopher Boulay. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Raj. Good morning, listeners. And I obviously I heard the show this morning and talking about, I believe, a police officer on Cato Hill uh, smelled marijuana. Mm-hmm. So with the introduction of legalizing marijuana, does that become a non-issue now? It may be. You know, it um, maybe uh, not a not at all. You know, there was once prohibition, and and um, I mean, uh, having a a beer or a bottle of uh, whiskey was a terrible thing. And now uh, you just walk into a store and you buy it for a buck. You know, so <laughs> it's uh, it's um, it's a changing world out there. It's going to be very interesting in Oregon, where they've basically legalized every drug. So there's going to be a litmus test. You know, people in uh, Colorado have seen. You know, legalized marijuana and what's happened there has been a problem. And to, to me, however, however you feel on this issue, it's just another softening of America. Hey, welcome to this program. It's called the Upfront Program. And let me uh, give you a little bit of the uh, ground rules. Uh, we don't have any rules, uh, just a few of the uh, uh, points of the show. It's a talk show. And telephone calls are highly encouraged. And here are the numbers, 7690600-766-1380. And also, another way to communicate with us, if that's inconvenient, is to send us an email up front at WNRI.com. I'm going to open up that browser. I don't even know if that's the right term, but it sounds good. I'm going to open that up right now and uh, take a look at it and see if uh, anybody wants to communicate with us via email. You type in upfront at WNRI.com. I'm looking at Larry Poitras's emails. I think i got to get out of that screen. That's gonna, not going to help me. And there is emails for up front. Okay. And we have a phone caller already? Yeah, yes, we have somebody on the line. Okay, let's uh, take the first phone call on the Upfront program. Hello, thank you for calling. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good morning. Doing fantastic. <laughs> I called a couple weeks ago, and I was the one that called about uh, uh, the mayor in uh, Warwick plowing the, his streets and... Uh, I uh, asked Lisa Baldelli Hunt about that, Mayor Baldelli Hunt. I feel like she took me seriously. That was totally just meant to be a joke. So if she's listening, that was I totally don't expect you to plow streets. I was just trying to... I don't think I was she was aware of uh, the what the mayor uh, has been up to in Warwick. He's kind of like... Uh, uh, it's kind of like a Steve D'Agostino being elected mayor of a city of, of, of Warwick uh, because he's uh, from the construction industries, knows how to drive pickups, knows how to drive plows, and and I don't think she was tied into that story, and I, I think that's what was going on there, sir. 
Oh, uh, okay. Because I was just trying to have some fun. But anyway, I want to talk a little bit about marijuana. So I do. Pro- I, I think we're behind on that. I think we need to legalize it. But I do want to say this. I say there's. we have to make this very conditional, okay? First things first, I want to talk about edibles. Edibles are dangerous, okay? People overdose on edibles, okay? And they, they are not a joke. They're not something to, to just say, hey, it's just a harm. They're not. Those things are very powerful. So I think if we go the route of legalized marijuana, we have to either not include edibles or we have to be very strict with them. We have maybe just like five per package, two packages per visit, something like that. First things first kids can get their their hands on those. If a kid finds a marijuana pipe, they're not going to be able to figure out how to use it. You know what I mean? Five, six-year-old. But if they see a gummy, that's a different story. Second thing, I think we need proper zoning. Okay, we, we should, These should never be near schools. Okay, These should never be near libraries if we have actual retail centers for marijuana. That's my second condition. Third condition, and I think most importantly, is I think every single cent minus the regulatory uh, money. I, from what I understand, a lot of money is going to have to go back into regulatory and oversight and enforcement and stuff like that. But every single net penny we have, I think, should not even go near the general fund. I think is if we do that, this is a lost cause. It's a waste of everybody's time because it's just going to get lumped in with all the other special interest money. And it's just going to get wasted. We need to figure out where do we want to use it. Do we want to use this specifically for school infrastructure? And when I say school infrastructure, I'm not talking about financial infrastructure. I'm talking about physical infrastructure of schools, walkways, uh, buildings, stuff like that. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, guys, but I don't know what you think <laughs> about that. But that's, that's the way I look at this. Well, what, what, what strikes me being very interesting is when you think about the legalization of marijuana, you think about government potentially getting out of the way and not controlling people's lives uh, as much as they do. And then... The, the list, and I'm not debating the list uh, that you, you've obviously put a lot of thought into it. There's probably a lot of uh, credence there, but it strikes me as now government's going to be even more in control of it in terms of you know what you're going to do with it or not. So it's not like they're increasing your, your rights. It's just that they're going to be able to grab revenue from it, and they're going to you know, decide who with $500,000 uh, introductory fees are going to be able to do it, and they're going to go to the favored people. And so those are things that, that kind of strike me. And it's, it, it's funny because they, you know, you sound very young, but you probably remember when the lottery revenue was supposed to only be for education and that lasted a couple of years and then they broke that. So I think you could go in there with the best intentions and say, we want to um, bracket off this money for, for marijuana and use it for a certain purpose. That might last one administration and then they'll say, geez, you know, your taxes are going to go up thousands of dollars if we don't do that. So that would be a tough call. I'm not saying it's impossible, but history shows us that the politicians lie to us. Yeah, well, Chris, I agree 100%. I mean, we might get two to four years out of actual positive spending out of this, out of positive, um, uh, you know, act- economic activity for the state, eventually everything's going to get squandered away. We, we know that. And no matter what it is, like you said, the intentions can be great. Um, it, we know that's going to happen. But I just think if we at least put the guardrails before we go in, at least we can say, hey, you know what? Ten years ago, we tried this. We knew it was going to happen. But I don't know. Yeah, for, 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 for me... Um, and, and, and I try to keep open-minded and not sound like an old man, but, you know, marijuana and introducing it, it just strikes me as just another thing that that takes people off productivity in terms of things focusing on. And then, of course, you've got this issue with Rhode Island, which, again, you, you if you look at the other states, yes, we are behind the times. But then do, do you want somebody uh, welding uh, a ship uh you know, a submarine on marijuana, the government doesn't, so there'll be continued testing. So there will be some friction, but I think you've given about 100% more thought about this than a lot of the politicians, so I applaud you. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Can I say one more thing? Of course. Before, all right, one more thing. So, yeah, obviously, I, I, I do not think marijuana is harmless. I do not. I, I know people who have smoked it since they were teenagers, and I know three people off the top of my head that I grew up with that have just smoked it. Smoke every day. All they do is smoke, and they're just not productive. They're just semi-employed. They're just they're they're just. I agree 100. percent You don't want someone welding, so you need the testing in place. But every study that I've looked at says that when it is legalized in certain places, legalized meaning again, like I said, controlled, conditional. <laughs> the use doesn't really go up that much. The use stays the same. Let me ask you this question, Chris. Let mm-hmm. me ask you 
dead serious question. Right now, could you pick up your phone right now and score a bag of marijuana? No. Wanted to. No, no, Come no. On. No, seriously, I, I do not. I, I've never been exposed to it. Same with me. And, and not not because I'm sanctimonious. Really? I've never had any right. interest. Same I really me. I really don't know. I wouldn't buy it. No, it's right. not, you know. We have a lack of interest, and it just, it just didn't come down our pike. Uh, in terms of our, uh, you know, I'm going to speak for myself, in terms of my lifestyle, just didn't happen to reach me. Uh, if it did, I probably would be a pothead. I know where I can, where I can find a good bottle of Pouli Fosse, but uh, not, not marijuana. <laughs> it's all right. I'm just saying, everyone's got a cousin or a sister or a brother or a nephew that, if you really tried, I'm sure you could. You, 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 you've officially outed me out as not cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I might have a cousin, maybe, uh, but I... Uh, but uh, I'm not really sure. But I, I guess um, I guess he could uh, he could take care of me if I wanted to. But I I never asked him. We just went clamming instead. <laughs> right on, guys. Well, I appreciate you. Thank, I appreciate you, you. Uh, taking right. my call. And we we appreciate the content. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> I am officially not cool. I have no idea where I, where that would happen. I, yeah, but you go. We can go to Fleming's again. Get a nice bottle of red wine. Yeah, we, we know where to go. I know uh, the I pessimist. Know, I know my wine. I'll probably pay more for the wine than I will for the marijuana too. <laughs> All right, uh, let's check in with Scott McGee. Scott McGee of Remax Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Okay, uh, we've got one here in Boroughville. Not too many properties on the market these days under uh, 200000 but I found one, yeah, at Stewart Court in, um, in Boroughville, and I'm looking at it here. This is a... Um, a small 932-square-foot, two-bedroom, one-bath, uh, what we call a hip-roof ranch. And um, it um, was built in 1932, and uh, it's got a, a well-maintained um, look to it. Maybe some updating in the kitchen, but on the other hand, a quite functional kitchen. Nice alternative to condo living. Everything is on one floor. Located near the town library in Harrisville. And, of course, everything is pretty close by, including what would be a very essential for me to have close by to my little condo or my little ranch, a pizza, pizza shop. And, yeah, there's one right down the street. I just wanted to tell you that. Anyway, it's, um, it's got low real estate taxes, uh, 2618 a year. And if you're interested in this uh, single-family Small unit. This might be a good, you know, for somebody who'd like to live in Boroughville, um, but um, doesn't want city life, but a, more like a village life. This uh, might be a property to look at. Six thirty nine twenty nine oh six. The guy's name is Scott McGee, and he'll be more than happy to show you this property. And uh, it's a good deal. Now we want to tell you that the recipe for a good day program will be on the air tomorrow. And it will be with uh, Gary McLaughlin and Jr. Join professional chef Gary McLaughlin and amateur home chef Jeff Kamash on Recipe for a Good Day. Every Wednesday morning at 9.05. Brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores. Recipes, tips, and of course, find out what is on sale this week at all Little General locations. And take a chance to win a $5 Little General gift card. And don't forget, remember, the recipe for a good day is... A warm smile, a good laugh, and a great meal. All right, Roast House Restaurant open today for lunch, and uh, I have their uh, their daily luncheon menu in front of me. And um, basically, it's a six ninety nine menu or a seven ninety nine, but mostly six ninety nine. Like uh, for instance. The uh, hot open-faced sandwiches are six ninety nine. You can take your choice of roast beef or roast to- turkey or roast ham. Six ninety nine, served at one side, and then there's uh, the fish tacos for six ninety nine. This is um, this is haddock, and uh, it's served with the shredded lettuce and the black beans and the jack and cheddar cheese. Very tasty. The fish tacos luncheon. Six ninety nine at the roast house. I'll give you one more from the uh, from the menu because this is a very this is this one's seven ninety nine. It's the chicken Caesar wrap, and uh, it is uh, char grilled chicken breast 
uh, sliced thin with romaine lettuce and fresh Parmesan cheese and Caesar salad dressing served on the side. $7.99, part of the luncheon menu. Luncheon served from 11.30 until 3 o'clock every day at the Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. We would love to see you today at the Roast House. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel is here. I, uh, I asked you to do, do something uh, because I, I just tried to figure out whether, in fact, everybody's going to get money from uh, Uncle Sam with this new stimulus uh, package uh, that, uh, that passed and whether there's any delays out there. Chris, what, what, what do you know about uh, the money that they say may be in the mail? Yes, you gave me an assignment, and I always take it very seriously because you're in the Rhode Island Radio Hall of Fame. Yes, plus I used to be a school teacher, and you know you could get detention. Absolutely. Okay. I've had that before. All right. So this thing, uh, one of the thing called the Internet, it's pretty easy. So CNN Politics, if you want to follow aside with me, I went to them. And, um, you know, CNN, I think, has got terrible reporting. But if you'll pay attention very carefully, if something happens in the world, uh, they're probably going to report it before Fox News. So it, we'll give them that. Um, what they've decided to do, and it, again, it has to go back. There's some tweaks. It has to go back to the House of Representatives. And because the Democrats control by about 10, it, it will be passed. It just has to be a simple majority. So there's a $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. And about $650 billion of that is going to be money that's going to go to individual taxpayers. So these payments are now worth $1,400 per person. And interestingly enough, and this would, this would help me if I, was, uh, if I could qualify, but um, last time, if you ha- families who had adult dependents over the age of 17, they also qualify. So if you're a husband and wife and you have two children, you can get up to $5,600. So that's the bulk of it. And then they do what appropriately what they should do. They don't want people making a million dollars a year getting this money. They they don't really need it and shouldn't have it. It should go to people who need it. So the full amount goes to individuals earning less than $75,000 per year of adjusted gross income, your AGI. And as people doing their taxes, they're probably very aware of that. And uh, it's a phase out up until 112500 And then married couples earning less than 150000 will qualify for the full amount. And this is a phase out, very, very much like they did last time. And they're going to either base it on your 2020 adjusted gross income or your 2019 return. So... That's you know that's. Can you take your pick <laughs> um, <laughs> of which return you'd like them to use? Well, th- I'll, I'll read this from from CNN. This is this is a factual thing, so I don't trust them on opinions, but I usually trust them on facts that can be proven. The income thresholds will be based on a taxpayer's most recent return. If they've already filed the 2020 return by the time the payments are sent, the IRS will base eligibility on the 2020 adjusted gross income. If not, it would be based on the 2019 return. So you very, very that clear. Question. Hey, yeah. you are prepared, I'll tell you. I tried. You're my kind of guy, that's for sure. Well, one, one thing that, and we, we talked about in the green room, is that the whole package is $1.9 trillion. And one of the issues is, would it be better if that money was given directly to the American people? Because there's some, if we get around to it, but there's some pork there. You know, they're giving $50 million to Planned Parenthood. They give $1.5 million for a bridge between Canada and New York to, to accommodate Schumer. Um, there's on and on and stuff. So if anyone's wondering, and trillion dollars, my calculator doesn't do it well, so I had to do it on the Internet. But $1.9 trillion divided into 320 million Americans would be about... Uh, $5,800 per person. So would it be better, and I, and I and love to... <laughs> You're serious. Oh, yeah, I'm serious. So would it be better if if they said, okay, there's 320 million Americans, let's phase out the people who are out of FICA and you know shouldn't get the money, and you're probably looking around $6,500, say it's even 6000 I think it's more than that. So that would be you know $24,000 uh, of non-taxed income, of, of a, basically a tax credit to a family of four. What are they going to do with that? Well, geez, you know, we've been putting off going to Disney World for years. Let's do it. We've been putting off uh, getting a car. On and on and on. And I would uh, make a case that that would better drive the economy than, than basically giving crumbs, as uh, the Speaker of the House would say, uh, about the prior ones when, when it was passed by Trump, and, uh, and, and bypass all of these organizations that really don't need it. Well, we have a caller waiting, but I don't know if this statistic is available. 
And I doubt that it is. But, um, you know, you talk about the stimulus money. And so much of the stimulus money is used to buy foreign products. And uh, and I'm talking about uh, you go out and you buy uh, a widescreen TV. Mm-hmm. That is not going to be made in Terre Haute, Indiana, unfortunately. And I'm just wondering how much of this stimulus money comes into the uh, economy and goes right out um, of San Francisco or Los Angeles right back to um, to China. Although you you can make a case that that Best Buy is an American company, that's where it's going to uh, to be. And I was taught this from from Bryant University back in the eighties. Um, you don't want to make the VCR. You don't want to make the TV. You want to make what goes on the TV, which is the movie pr- production. That's where all the money is. Mm-hmm. So that particular one kind of strikes me as something I've been um, programmed to and yep. about mm-hmm. the fact that you know it's, it's a worse thing. I, I bought a big screen TV. Um, about a month ago, and it's 50 inches, and I think the thing was 350 bucks. Mm-hmm. So there's one thing you probably don't, but it's funny. You know, yeah, you'll have a veteran who, uh, you know, who uh, fought in World War II, and, that, you know, years ago they'd buy a, a, a Toyota on VJ Day. You know, no, no, no self-awareness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Hello there. Thank you for your patience and your comments, please. Um, I have no patience, but thank you for well, you waited. that I do. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Of course. We appreciate that. There's a reason why. First of all, let me get you off speaker. Is that better? Yes. That's yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first, my first point is the most important issue that we as Americans have to look at right now is the mail-in ballot. It's at the basis of everything else. Otherwise, our votes mean nothing. And... I would hope, I'm hopeful, that you will ask uh, your guest tomorrow what his position is on it. And I'll bet we get the sake circle back to the wagons. But anyway, I just throw that out there. In the COVID, the so-called COVID bill, um, $350 billion for states and local governments, $34 billion to expand Obamacare subsidies, Fourteen billion is for the vaccine. Fourteen billion. A hundred and thirty billion for schools. Um, this bill is is um, is just ridiculous. And now I can't find my other my other. Um, well, it's a Democrat bill, and if it um, if the Republicans oh, were in. I found uh, it. Fifty million for climate change programs, one hundred and thirty-five million for the National Endowment for the Arts, one hundred thirty-five million for National Endowment for the Humanities. So that's two hundred and seventy million for arts and crafts, two hundred million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Well, that's uh, now we're. 470 million 800 million for global food programs 86 billion with a B for pension bailouts for blue states that are not very um, uh, fiscally very good now we know that we know that Rhode Island is one of those and my my contention is that when you, t- it just, I don't know. I, this is why I'm not calling talk shows anymore, because I have nothing, I have nothing to say that goes along with what people are thinking right now. My eye is not on the shiny object. My eye is on the hand way down here, manipulating future elections, manipulating everything. And frankly, I had considered um, becoming a Republican, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay independent and unaffiliated. But and and no one will ever convince me that the reason they never sent those electoral votes back was not because they didn't think there was fraud. They did believe there was fraud. I think they were afraid of a civil war, not on the part of the right, 
on the part of the left. And by the way, I don't believe they found one weapon in any of the people that was so-called part of the disgusting insurrection on January 6th. So you see why I don't call anybody, because I'm not a happy camper right well, now. Well, before, before you leave us, it, I've been on the air for almost 20 minutes, and you didn't find something you disagreed with on me. So we, i got to check in for us with you before we let you go. <laughs> you know what? You know what I really like about you, I, and Roger too. Yeah, you've got you've got a sense of humor, and I, I, I have a great sense of humor, but not lately. So rather than call talk shows and be the voice of doom and gloom, because un, unless something happens, people are not watching. People in positions, uh, people who have little bully pulpits they don't know what's going on what's going on unless you're watching some shows on fox some shows on newsmax unless you're watching that and even ewtn you'll get better news from ewtn the catholic channel and of course I will always put in a plug for a wolf in sheep's clothing to understand what's going on in this country. And you know, I did I did watch that movie. At your, you it was very, very interesting. We, we always appreciate your calls, and you, you took a, a piece of regarding the, the pork that I was going to talk. So we'll kind of well, we will kind of cap off what you said, and just, okay. to, just to be fair, I didn't really disagree with anything you said this morning. <laughs> you know what? I could change my opinion of you fast, boy. I know. I know. We love having your call. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, go ahead. It's, it's a mutual love society, you and me. We I, belong I'm, I'm to a mutual... I'm on my bike. Uh, Thank you for calling. society. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to another call on the Upfront program. Hello, thank you for your comments. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, listen, I, I uh, mentioned this to Larry on his show uh, when we got that $600 check, and I'd like to mention it here. Uh, I remember when uh, President Trump was at the uh, plant where they build the uh, Maytag Whirlpool product. And it was out in the Midwest. I don't know if you remember that. He had a press conference there. He stood there right in front of all their different products. And uh, when it came time for myself, I just bought a a refrigerator recently. And uh, I went outside when when the gentleman came to deliver it to see that box and it was nice to see when they pull that box off the truck it was in big print proudly made in the usa so i'm just hoping people when they do get these checks they look for maytag whirlpool because do those two products are made right here in the midwest so you know if you're going to spend your money buy it from the people that are making it here in the united states yeah, there's, 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 there's no question about it i make a point of it and i don't want to you know, I, I freely share my opinion, but I'm not going to tell people what to do. I, I will always, well, I can, I will always buy American-made cars. But not to be a hypocrite, I, you can't really buy an American TV anymore or a VCR. Um, LG used to be, LG um, is a Japanese company. It used to be a gold side. It was garbage. They made great stuff. So you, you do the best you can. I try to always buy American, but sometimes you just can't. And by I think... The point you're making is, is, is very strong, and and I make a joke. Years ago, my uh, my my father uh, was in World War II with a, with another gentleman, and the guy had a restaurant, and uh, you know they fought in World War II, and on VJ Day the guy bought a, a Japanese car, and the whole restaurant was was teasing him about it. Obviously, we change; it's not that big a deal anymore. But if you can buy American and, and, and employ American people, then so, so be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corvettes are made, are made in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's really American. Right. Well, like I said, I remember seeing President Trump at that plant standing there, I know, uh, showing people that these products were made in the USA. So if you're thinking of buying a washer, a dryer, a stove, a refrigerator, please look up Maytag Whirlpool. Yeah, August 6, 2020, I looked it up. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Okay. And thanks for the call. We appreciate right. it very yeah. much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Chris, uh, isn't uh, General Electric products uh, still uh, manufactured here uh, in this country? I, I think they got out of the business. If I'm not, if I'm well, not well, they're mistaken. selling General Electric refrigerators and yeah. you know 
but I don't know if General Electric is General Electric. It's oh. an assignment. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take another call while, while Chris is busy with his assignment. Uh, stuff I should have known before I got on the radio this morning, <laughs> right? Uh, I should have researched it myself. Hello there. Thank you for your call. Good morning. First of all, I called in mostly to say hooray for that lady that just called. Call over before the last one. She really did a good job. People have done that for me. Now I'm doing that for her. All right. Second off, Chris, Chris did, you, did you go see those videos on the advanced nuclear? I, I have not yet, uh, to be honest. Well, they're in an email. I sent it to Upfront because I didn't have your personal email. I sent it a couple weeks ago. I can send it again tonight. But, um... You know, I called uh, in on the other show on Friday, and I said I'd actually wire the panels the engineers designed it, because I didn't want to go too far. I could wire the panel, and I volunteered if we had an advanced nuclear reactor in one socket. And, you know, I would say this. I want to issue a challenge. We should look forward to attempt, before the end of this decade is out, to take every ground-based electrical generator system and switch it to advanced nuclear. We should not have in this entire world one stationary electrical power supply on any grid that is not advanced nuclear, period. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I no, we, I think we're in, we're in agreement. You've done more research than I have, but the, if you really want a green uh, uh, world, the nuclear power is the has is the most efficient, uh, cleanest, and we we've had one act. I guess there's been two world accidents: one in Chernobyl and and one in Pennsylvania. So the track record's been very, very good. But people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh yeah, and of course the, the, that's why I said advanced nuclear because. Advanced nuclear is even safer. It doesn't. It, it, it will actually one form of advanced nuclear will create all kinds of med nuclear medicines. The other, the, the, the lifter, the liquid fluorine. Now the the um, molten metal one will be able to react and use all our nuclear waste. We like like the like our senator said. It's a double win. We get let our nuclear waste and we have power for the next couple thousand years, and then. We can save all our fossil fuel bike things for mobile use, and also we'd have a big bite on the CO2 because we'd only be using it for mobile use. All the stationary use would be atomic. we cut down our CO2 footprint significantly. It's a win-win-win, and we, we need to do it. We need to do it. The Chinese are going to do it. The Chinese are working on it. One of their president's sons, which means he's really up in their government, is in charge of going in and making advanced nuclear possible in China. So they're on the way, and we need to be there, too. I, Thank I, you. We agree 100%. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Just when the holidays are over, and I think there's nothing more to think about financially, but then February and March always get me thinking about how i got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions, and I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Bible study and services now available on Zoom only at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today being Tuesday, it's um, it's Burger and Brew Haha at uh, River Falls, and it's twelve bucks, and it's a huge burger. 
and uh, French fries too. And and then any draft of your choice, um, and it's twelve dollars. And so if uh, if you like beer and burgers, you'll find the Tuesdays. The place to go is um, River Falls. They'll open at 4 o'clock this afternoon. That's their, their standard time. On Wednesdays, though, we open at 3. And uh, that's tomorrow for our original dinner for two. And um, we'd like to go there uh, every once in a while. $39 is the price. A uh, pitcher of beer or uh, a bottle of wine. And I took a picture, uh, Chris, of the bottle of wine that I, uh, I had last time. It's made in Italy. And um, and it's included here. Um, now, I don't know if that wine is inexpensive or, you know, but uh, it's a nice-looking bottle of wine. And when it comes to the table, you know, it's not like, um, I don't want to say that Gallo <laughs> is, um, is a wine uh, that's on uh, what we call an economy wine. But this looked like a really nice, uh, nice bottle of wine. And, um, and so it's, um, it's available. And uh, it's on the wine menu, and you can include it in your $39 uh, price, uh, and including super salad. And, um, and then the two entrees, you've got 20 entrees from which you choose, coffee and dessert. It's a real good deal tomorrow night. And then Thursday, all you can eat shrimp. We'll tell you more about that a little bit later on in the program. But I, I think we've we got to get to callers and, and content here on the program. All right, let's get back. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel has reconvened. We, we should have addressed some products, one made in Italy and one made in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Tavanello is the number one wine in Italy. That's what you had. So, oh, okay. Yep, so it's, if it's number one, it's got, it's got to be good. It's got to be good, right? And um, I was ignorant of, of GE. I thought they spun them off. I've, I've got a negative connotation of, of GE appliances, but they invested $62 million a couple years ago, added 260 jobs, so they are much more competitive on the appliance side. I own two, uh, two or three Maytags. And so that's been, uh, mm-hmm. and so um, that's not something I, I really shop for a lot. But um, yes, if you're, if you don't you're, dry, shop for washing machines all the time no, or no, dishwashers. No, I'm pretty ignorant about that. <laughs> all right. But if you if you buy a GE appliance, as the gentleman talked about, and you're, you know you alluded to, mm-hmm. yeah, most of them are over eighty uh, percent U.S. components. Which, all right. That's higher than cars that may maybe are made by GM that have a num, number one in front of the VIN. Well, I have a big GE refrigerator in my kitchen, and next time I open it, I'm going to feel real good about it. <laughs> All right. Let's take another call on the Upfront program. Hello. Thank you for your patience. Good morning to you. Good morning, folks. Good morning. I, uh, Chris, I was just wondering, uh, with the stimulus money that's coming out, and also the increase in oil prices that's going on uh, globally... Uh, do you think that the Federal Reserve is going to be able to control uh, interest rates uh, in the upcoming future? That, that, yeah, that? That, that, that is a fantastic question. One of the things that's on my list to talk about is that if you go back, who has been really supportive of the stimulus? The CEOs of Walmart, Target, McDonald's. So there's going to be some growth there, but you're probably aware that in the last couple of weeks, the the 10-year Treasury which is in you know what the United States of America borrows for ten years went from 0.7 percent to about 1.6 percent. Now it's 1.5. That is an indication of an expectation of inflation. So I really don't know because one of the things I want to discuss and you kind of led me into it is the stimulus package is 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 kind of bifurcated because it's going to create demands so if you're a family of four and you get you know four fourteen hundred dollar checks you're, you're probably going to spend it but on the other hand you've also got higher incentives for people not to work so are you going to incentivize a good portion of the country to use COVID as the excuse to stay home and now get extended unemployment? And if you do that, then companies are going to have to pay more for wages because the supply of workers is going to be uh, minimal. If you look at the indications of, of, of inflation, and, and if I knew exactly what was going to happen, I wouldn't be working for a living. But there is an indication, and last week, as you know, um, Secretary Powell 
said that there could be some temporary inflation based on the stimulus checks, and uh, that kind of spooked the market. So I kind of gave you a wishy-washy answer. I, I, if I had to, you know, my own personal opinion, I think there will be some inflation. And remember, as you know, because you've called us a lot, you know about this, is that the Fed can only control the short end of the curve. They can't control the long end, which is going to increase mortgage rates and, and, and lengthy credit. So I, I think there is some possibility. If, if there is inflation, Chris, what what uh, percentage do you think they'd cut it off at? Oh, that's... I know they want yeah. to stimulate the economy, but they can't let it go too far, so... What, at what rate, 4, 5, 6%? Oh, no, that, 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 that's a real good question. And never in my lifetime has the Federal Reserve been more transparent about what they're thinking. They're going to be, they're going to be concerned that we start approaching 2.5% inflation um, right really? now. Yeah. So they're, 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 they, we've had the Goldilocks economy for many years uh, where we've had, you know, and it really, it really accelerated under President Trump, very low unemployment. And, and, and fairly low inflation, and uh, that's, that's going to change a little bit because when you pump in $2 trillion in the economy, it's going to have some inflation. And again, uh, as, I, as I pointed out, there's going to be some yin and yang regarding who wants to work, and is it going to be a disincentive to some people that they have extended unemployment with more money? It's absolutely amazing to watch this dynamic. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I think within the next couple of years, we're going to see things that we've never seen before. Well, I think that's always going to happen. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I think I even said it on the air. You know, I was, I've been doing this for a while, 2001, 2002. I'm sorry, 2000, 2001, 2002 were very bad years in the market. 08, 09, we thought the financial system was going to melt down. There will be another crisis. There's no question about it. That's what happens. You know, we've got people who are, who are bidding houses, paying cash, and there's bidding wars. Those people, if the economy gets weak, you're going to have, you know, people losing their jobs who maybe have mortgages that they couldn't afford. You're always going to have issues, and, and that's the one sure thing um, in, in, in uh, the economy in America. There's going to be uncertainty. Chris, uh, one last thing. For folks that have a substantial amount of money saved in the bank or CDs or uh, different uh, uh, things, what, what would uh, what would you recommend to them? Where, where should they put their money in the next uh, upcoming years, two or three, four years? Uh, every, every, where, where, yeah. What do you think they should uh, uh, do with that money? Should yeah. they keep it, stand pat, or should they invest in other things uh, what, what do you think? That, that, that's a great question, and I can't give individual financial advice directly on, on the radio, but I, but I can tell you probably a third or more of my business is people who who are sitting with substantial cash in the bank are earning nothing, and they're looking for safe places to put it, and that's really a, a big part of my job. As I've talked to my clients, particularly the last couple of weeks, um, looking to see if they want to generate additional income, and they're saying, Chris, we don't have any place to spend it. You know, do you, do you want to take money from an, uh, an earning asset and put it into the bank earning nothing? So, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of my job, and I would encourage those people, if they haven't heard from their financial advisor, to proactively talk to their financial advisor and look for opportunities that are on their risk curve to make more higher return. And again, the lower interest rates, the, usually the stock market will do better, so we have to be prepared. But I would encourage people to call their financial advisor because it's it's not a unique problem if you're sitting with a lot of cash in the bank and, and you, you haven't gone out to eat, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. Um, it's, it's a very common uh, issue. Something I, I can't address uh, directly, yeah. but I would encourage those people to talk to their financial advisor. Are, are we going back to uh, more uh, oil importing from the Middle East, Chris, at this time? It, it, it appears, and we'll, we'll wrap it up here, but it appears that will happen because one of the things that I like to talk about is I like to pay attention to the presidential debates over the years, really since 1960, Nixon and, and Kennedy. And I've always, yeah. it's always come up, energy independence for America, and I thought it would never happen in my lifetime, and it happened under the Trump administration. The policies that the Biden administration are reversing there are, are making it more difficult. And yes, you're going to see a weaker 
you know, you could see a weaker dollar, which you have recently, and you're going to see more oil imports, and there doesn't seem to be an, an issue for the Biden administration. Yes, we, we, we potentially could lose our energy independence. We, we always appreciate Chris, your calls. You thank you so much for your call. Lot, yeah, you betcha. Yeah. This new administration has made me lose confidence in my retirement. I mean, I am very, 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 very concerned well, yeah, yeah, that it's going to all yeah. blow up in my face. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hate to you hate to be cynical, like, like my brother Kenny says. It's tough as hell to keep up, no matter how cynical you are. But in 1964, um, the the entire uh, I think it was 60, no, 64 was civil rights. I think it was 65, the, the, uh, the, the Great Society. That was all to get people to vote Democrats. Mm -hmm. So it, it's there. It wasn't there to help uh, the war on poverty. It wasn't there to help the American people. It was to get people dependent on the government, and therefore they would vote Democrat. But going back to Ms. Smith's call, um, it would be very interesting... There will be a battle. It has to be decided at the Supreme Court because the Constitution is very clear is that there's not one presidential election. There's 50 state elections that roll up to a presidential election. So you've got uh, states like Iowa and Georgia who are passing laws right now to limit um, the um, – non-in-person balloting, you know, paper balloting, and they're doing that, and if the Biden administration tries to change it, the Constitution is very clear about that, and the Constitution is also very clear that anything that's silent about the federal government belongs to the states. But you've also got a situation where Biden wants felons to vote. And some people, a lot of people are felons because of the crime bill he passed and, you know, really pushed in the, in the mid-90s. So, where does he stand on this? He wants to put people uh, in, in, you know, three strikes and you're, you're in jail for life. And but if you if you get out, then he wants to give you the right to vote. He wants to give illegals the right to vote. This is all to take over America. And the Democrats are just not smart enough to hide it. This is all about power, <clears throat> making Washington D.C. a state. You know, making Puerto Rico a state. It's only to entrench their power, and they want to take control over our lives. Will it be fixed in the midterm elections in two years from now? Can can we? I mean, it's really uh, kind of shaky uh, from for me looking at the next four years. Well, I, I, I had a great friend of mine talk about uh, uh, John Laughlin. He's on, I guess, WPRO. And he was on this weekend, and he's saying his sources, and I don't know if they're true or not, but I'm repeating it, that, that, that Biden may not last another month or two as president. He, he's, he's declining that much. And I've said this before. If you voted for Biden because you didn't like Trump and, and you felt that he was a better candidate, I've got no criticism of you. But if you voted for Biden in that administration and you're shocked and surprised by what's happening here, then, then, then shame on you. You shouldn't even be voting. Um, so I, 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 see, I see it as going, they're going to overshoot. And then it depends how smart the Republicans are, because history shows it happened in 94. It happened under Obama, and, and I believe it was uh, 2010. Um, usually, the opposition party takes control in the House and the Senate, or gains more power during when the other party uh, takes power. So Democrats took power in 2020. History shows us that the Republicans will take power in 2022. And... They're down to one single vote um, by the vice president to break a tie, and there's only a 10 difference in votes between the uh, Republicans and the, and the Democrats in the House. So history would show that there's going to be a big backlash, and so um, President uh, Harris is going to have her hands full. Pretty scary situation as we go to our next call on the Upfront program. You're our last call of the program. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I'll try to be very quick. Yes. You're right on... Chris, with everything you just said, but I want to touch on the uh, marijuana thing they're going to have in Rhode Island. And you are 100% right. The lottery money was supposed to go to education, but it didn't. And this is supposed to go to education. You know, it's not going to go there. What it's going to do, I wish they had just put more money towards rehabilitation because now you're going to get more people get addicted to it. And it's what they're going to make isn't going to cover rehabilitation for those people. And one more quick thing. You know, I read the comics <laughs> in the call. Yesterday, there was another cute one, Crankshaft. 
his wife is holding a piece of bread with a hole in it. She said, look at the sweet bread with the hole in the center. And his comment was, maybe that's why they call it whole wheat. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks for the call. You're welcome. Helen brings up a great point. Do you really want to introduce, you know, additional marijuana activity and access to it when people are really struggling? Um, One thing I got to take a step back. I've been so fortunate. I've embraced my job. I'm I'm extremely busy. I'm very fortunate. I've gotten out to go golfing. I'm not afraid to go to restaurants and, and eat. I'm taking trips. Um, this hasn't bothered me personally that that much. Um, but there are people who aren't going out, who, who are inside and, and are depressed and, and having issues. And we've got to be very sensitive to those people. And now you introduce uh, more drugs in, into their lives, the potential for that. I, I think it's you're looking for trouble. And you can make a strong argument in a year from now, two years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to see that the... Um, cure was worse than the disease for the pandemic. All right. Topics that we didn't bring up uh, today. I mean, we can't get into them. We only have uh, a few moments. I just want to give a plug to our next program, though. Uh, Wayne, wh- what do you have on today? On today's show, it's going to be live with two local authors. Uh, Massachusetts, Erica J. Dutilli, Teddy Bear's Story, a fantastic children's book. And a very first novel by Shane Joseph Hopkins. That and so much more on the Author's Hour. And that's just a few moments from now. All right, back to to you, Chris. What didn't we cover that we could have covered? <laughs> you know, the, the DHF uh, chief is requesting volunteers to help at the southern border because there's an overwhelming migrant surge. And they caused it. The Democrats caused this themselves, the Biden administration, basically encouraging people to cross over to the border. And if you're here, um, we're going to let you stay here. And it, it's, it's a crisis of epic proportions. And it shows you that bad policies and bad election results can have unintended consequences is it an is talking about immigration an appropriate question for uh joe shikachi tomorrow morning when we interview him i don't see why not uh-huh. he's i i've talked to him uh he's a really well-liked guy and he, he's pretty sharp he's probably a little bit more liberal than uh than a prior speaker but uh i i think he'll be a good addition to the state and he will be our guest tomorrow morning here on the upfront program and thank you for agreeing to uh, help me out with that uh, program tomorrow because um because two minds are better than one would you would you at least concede that right yes all right thank you for being with us um thank you for your calls on the upfront program we'll see you tomorrow and um and up next is Authors Hour. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.